Welcome back to the Torchbearers Podcast, where we are carrying the testimonies of Jesus from generation to generation to uncover the depths of God's nature, character, and values. We pray that in each episode, the Holy Spirit inspires greater expectation of God's active presence in our lives. In Christ, we are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the good things He has for us. Let's jump in. We are live again in the booth. Welcome back to the Torchbearers podcast, everyone. Today we have with us our co-host and wonderful producer, Lauren. Hey, everybody. And we also have a very special guest, and her name is Emily. Hello. Emily, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. I am so excited you're here. Um, I met Emily only six months ago, which is crazy because it feels like I have known Emily for my entire life. Um, and that's just who (laughs) Emily is for you listeners. She invites people into her life and makes them feel like they're so loved and so known, so seen everything they do that it feels like six months. You've known her for years. Um, I met Emily in my internship, uh, last semester, which is crazy and had the privilege to work with her and, Um, got to see how God moves in her life and how God moves through her. And so when we were picking people to ask to be on this podcast, I was just so excited at the thought of getting to host Emily and have Emily tell you more about the love of Jesus and how he's moved in her life. So without further ado, I introduce the podcast to Emily. Take it away for us, friend. Yay! Well, I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. I've been thinking about it all week and just really excited to just share about God. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I think the bond really happened because we're both twins. And then also that... I'm uh, also a twin. Watsy, Watts, yeah. Watsky song. Watsky uh, Sloppy Seconds. Sloppy Seconds. We both You're going to have to link this. And I was like... You're, we're gonna be forever friends because I don't know anyone. That's else true. She started stuff. singing it one morning in staff meeting, and no one knows it. And I finished the song, and that's and our like, bond. I found found my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> it's one oh true God. pair. OTP. So tell us a little about about who you are for the audiences. What are you doing? Okay. Who's Emily? Take us there for Absolutely. a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, who's Emily? Um, I'm in Waco, Texas. I've only been here, well, only, but it's felt like forever, for two years. Um, Grew up in southern Illinois, small town of 4,000. Graduated college in St. Louis. Yeah, went to Savannah, Georgia, lived there for a year, went back to St. Louis, and then now in Waco. But um, yeah, I'm a twin. I have an older sister, really close to my family. and then got really close to friends here in Waco who are just awesome. And for those who do not know Waco, there is something going on here. Uh, the spirit is just so alive. And um, it's a really cool place to be. And I just feel like God is moving incredibly. Oh, amen. We love when he does that. <laughs> Emily, would you share a testimony of Jesus from your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just kind of been praying about it and kind of just want to start from the beginning. Um, it's been a long journey with, with, with my dude, Jesus. (laughs) Um, so basically grew up Catholic, um, a small town, 4,000, went to a Catholic high school, 
Um, and I think that laid a foundation of just bringing Jesus in my life. Like church was really important. And I think that was really special, um, that we would go to church every Sunday. And although I didn't grasp the true meaning of the gospel, I think it was, um, honestly, like I said, a great foundation to at least have, um, so I like to mark the first part of my life until freshman year of high school as like the garden of Eden period where it was like, really didn't have any issues. Like I, you know, did well at school, had friends, played sports, loved my life. Um, and the, I mark high school as when I like bit into the apple and I just experienced and saw the world and was like, Oh gosh, like I don't like myself. I don't like the world. Like there is rejection. There is, um, yeah, like their life isn't just all peachy, <laughs> peachy keen, or <laughs> is that what you said, peachy keen? Um, but, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I was rejected, um, like for the first time by a guy. And I really started spiraling. And I think a lot of things kind of compiled on that. And like some friends felt rejected from friends, but. Um, that's when I really started spiraling and started looking inward and I was like, I don't want to be myself. I don't like who I am. I don't like, like what I'm going for. And so I didn't have Jesus. I mean, I did have Jesus to turn to, but I didn't know, um, that I could. And so I started like watching my sister and I was like, I want to be like her. Well, long time like now I know that I have OCD so it makes sense I obsessively like started thinking how can I be like my sister so if she had two friends I would have two friends like it kind of is like looking back I'm like wow that's really kind of weird um but she had two friends and she was prom queen so I wanted to be liked by everyone and I just like really hyper fixated on that um but I was dead inside. Like I remember being at the cafeteria table and my friends were just talking and it was like, I was in a dream. Like I was on outside body experience and I'd be like, okay, Emily, like laugh at that. Okay. Emily. Now, now ask how they're doing. Okay. Emily. It was like, I was a robot. Um, Mm. so dead. And so, yeah, that's really when OCD began. Um, and it was just intrusive thoughts all the time, really cunning, like, don't say that, don't be that. Um, and like I said, I really tried to be like my sister. And so that's how I like tried to get out of it. Well, um, yeah, so high school was just kind of a wreck for me. Um, and then my freshman year of college, I like got in a relationship again and got rejected. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, the same thing is happening. I was like, I can't live like that. Like I got to figure out something else. Mm -hmm. And so my twin sister at the time was really getting into her faith, like built um, her faith. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the answer. Like, okay, Jesus, like I'm going to just join FCA and do all the things. So I joined FCA Mm -hmm. and um, there's guest speakers and. Is this the fellowship of Christian athletes? Yes. Okay, sweet. I just wanted to make sure. Yes. Fellowship of Christian athletes. Yeah. So joined that in college and there was guest speakers and they were like, yeah, it's so crazy that like, if people don't believe in Jesus, they're not going to heaven. Like some people think that if they're just good people and all this stuff. And I start like panicking. I was like, I had this amazing friend in high school, but we had a huge falling out um, at the end of it, but she didn't believe. And I was like 
oh my gosh, she's going to hell. And so I started like kind of having this like fear-based like motivation on believing the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And so (laughs) I cannot believe I did this and we can laugh about it now, but I literally (laughs) called her and I was like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And I told her she was going to hell if she didn't believe because I felt the weight of it, which don't, um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Don't think people should do that. <laughs> um, not a good idea of how to share the gospel. Um, she's saved now, so it all worked He's out. Good. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think it was a my doing, but um, he got to her. Um, but yeah, so really tried to go to church more. And then I brought my friends to Catholic church. And they were petrified because of all the sitting, standing, like talking and like, they just didn't know how to interact with it. And, um, so my older sister had tried out like a Baptist church. And so I kind of felt like, okay, like she kind of led the way for me. So I found this non-denominational church and I took my friends to it and I really started to, um, just learn more about Jesus and just the, the pastor, just had such, he was just a funny, like, guy, tattoos all over, just, like, was super chill about everything, Um, but I still was putting on this facade that I knew Jesus more than anyone, and um, my OCD kind of switched to religious OCD, so Mm -hmm. that meant, like, I was just, like, oh, I always need to read the Bible, I need to always do the right thing, I always need to be what a Christian would do, and so those were kind of the thoughts that were filling up. Anyways, I'm, like, leading people putting up quotation marks right now to the Lord, but I don't even know him yet, but my friends like got saved and all these things. So it's so beautiful. Um, but I get really like mentally bad. Like I start crying all the time. Mm -hmm. I start, and I had some trauma in high school. Um, just like physical, um, abuse a little bit and sexual abuse a little bit. And so, I didn't work through any of that trauma. So it just yeah. like rained and poured, you know, the, the Lord always wants us to, to go back to those moments, but I didn't know at the time, like that's yeah. why I was freaking out. Um, but yeah, so college, I mean, and I was still going out drinking, like that was still just a normal thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back and I remember having a conversation with my friend. I'm like, wait, you don't like black out like every time we drink and stuff. And they're like, no. And I was like, Oh, something's, something's not okay. Um, I'm trying to run away from something. So anyways, my sophomore year of college, it was a community college. So it would have been the last year there. Um, I got so bad, uh, but it really didn't hit until I went in this mission trip. So I was like, I'm going to go on this mission trip. I'm going to get changed by Jesus. My life is going to be so good after this. I just know it. I get on this mission trip. I don't have social media. Like I don't have my phone. I'm with people I don't even know. And I'm with my thoughts. And that right there is the scariest place to be because that has been the most challenging things for me um, is my brain and, and my thoughts. And so I got back from the mission trip and I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Um, laid on the couch for like two weeks, just like, I, I don't know what else to do. I think I went, I started, um, went to the doctor, started going to therapy, trying out some things. Um, but at the time I got this book 
and it was called Turtles All the Way Down, but it talks about this girl who has OCD, and I didn't even know I had OCD at the time. Do you know the book? Yeah, I've read it. It's my favorite. Um, and didn't even know I had OCD at the time, but it talked about her thoughts just sliding off like a like a eggs off of a egg pan. And so my friends and I had pl- like planned this Florida trip and um, my friends in college. And so we went on this spring trip or you know, it was when we graduated, we went on this Florida trip and it was the first time, like I heard like be still and the Lord giving my, me permission to like be still. And the thoughts just kind of like started sliding off and it was just like peace after all of that busyness and craziness. It was just like, and I was on cloud nine, like the lowest, <laughs> a little bit of a extremist. So I was super low. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I love my life. Um, but it was a really restful and amazing time. Um, yeah, yeah. Super great. Fast forward, I get to college and it's kind of the same thing that starts happening. My life becomes really busy, chaotic. Like I just picture, like, I'm just not restful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, OCD starts again, religious OCD, you name it. Um, got in a toxic relationship that took a lot of my time. So, and throughout this whole time, I'm really trying to figure out Jesus. I'm like, you know, going to church, trying to figure out who he is. Like, it's really important to me. And I, I spend a lot of time, but I, I'm just not grasping it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like following him, but I'm not experiencing anything. And I think it really became apparent that I wasn't I didn't really know Jesus. Um, my senior year of college, I joined an internship. And I remember I get to this internship at my church, sorry, internship at my church. It was like a servant leader institute, mm-hmm. it's called. And so get there. And I remember the the people there, the interns there being like, oh, I just... Jesus is awesome. I just love Jesus. And I was like, Jesus is exhausting. Like I'm exhausted. I am uh, tired of like trying to be everything for everyone. I'm tired of trying to be the best Christian. I don't, I don't know. Like, who are you following? Because I'm exhausted. Um, and yeah, like people being like, I just can't believe he lives inside of me. And I was just so angry. I was like, I just don't understand. Like, he has caused me so much pain. He has caused me so much like strife in my life. And like, why are people so in love with him? Like people are like, you know, you just, you got to be thankful. Um, you got to, you know, just giving me these things. And I'm like, no, like, I don't get it. It's just not making sense. Um, and so at the end of the internship, like I go through college, just kind of like bogged down, still very, like, it's just a very dark cloud over me. It's very foggy in that time. Um, and well, I remember sitting at this picnic table at, um, my college and being like, Lord, I know this isn't all of hell right now that I'm experiencing, but I know this is, I have the weight of the world. I know this is somewhat hell that I'm experiencing right now. Um, and it just felt, and I was like, I, I don't want to be here. Um, I don't want to be in hell. Like, please get me out type of thing. And so, um, fast forward, I remember walking actually before this, I remember having a bad mental breakdown and 
the thoughts finally became apparent. So I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to go to my friend's house and sleep because she just provides me comfort. And then the next thought was, oh, you don't have enough faith. Like you should be, you should believe enough. You should be more, you know, faithful. And I remember being like, always following the second voice, like, oh, I'm not being faithful enough. Oh, I'm not having enough faith. And that's when I was like, wait, God is love. God is peace. Like he wants me to experience comfort. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been following the wrong voice. Mm -hmm. Like I have, there's a Jeremiah um, verse where it's like, you come to a path and there's two paths, like walk the righteous one. And I felt like I walked the unrighteous one and I was at the dead end. And I finally saw it for the first time, like two thoughts, like literally devil once I got on the other. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I literally had followed the wrong voice. Um, so that was like, yeah, it was a big turning point. Um, and then again, it's all this is blurry, but I remember walking up steps and of my college and being like, you know, just worrying, like the religious OCD started being like, Oh my God, I got to save this person. Oh my gosh, this person needs Jesus. Oh my gosh, this person. Like it was just like all the time over and over. And the Lord like said to me, he goes, Emily, you can't save people. You need saving. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. All right. So I went to like my, um, like the internship leaders and I was like, yeah, so I think I just got saved. And they were like, <laughs> what? Like, they didn't really, like, I didn't, I was kind of like, they didn't really know me that well. So it was just kind of crazy. But, um, I had met my, uh, mentor at that time at a coffee shop, like really randomly, like the Lord brought her in my life and her name was Pat and she just brought the comfort and the love of the Lord. And I think that was super redeeming for me as well. Um, And then, yeah, so all this is happening around, um, like, right before COVID. So I get baptized. I, yeah, so fun. Um, Yeah, yeah. And Pat's church. And um, she was just, yeah, she was telling me the importance of getting baptized. And it was really scary for me because I've already got baptized as a Catholic. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted to show, like, no, this is different. I'm different. And I really, like, felt the Lord telling me to get baptized. Yeah. But my thing, it wasn't this, like, cute little, like, or beautiful, like, I was scared. And I was like, this is so weird. I'm scared of, like, so scared still. And I think, you know, there's expectations for baptism just to be, like, this such holy and wonderful thing. But I was like, no, that just marked the beginning of my journey. You know, that just really marked the beginning of Jesus entering. Um, And also, I, I kind of, like, liked to mark that time before I got saved of, there's two things. One, like Saul versus Paul, where I was just knocked off my horse. And I was like, Oh, I thought I was doing the right thing, Lord. And he was like, Oh, knock me off my horse. That's actually not me. This is me. Um, which is really cool. But I totally believe me and Jesus were holding hands the whole time. It was just when he finally to enter into my heart. That's when I allowed him to, or when the time was right, when the time is right, the Lord will make it happen. So, um, come to peace with all of that. But Yeah. Um, 
And at that time, I also was learning how to hear his voice. And one way was through spoken word, like poetry type of thing. Um, and so I was reading the 2 Corinthians 3.18. I think that's the one about the veil. And so I start writing and he starts speaking and he goes, take off your veil. I want to see your face. I want all of your hurts, your scars, your distaste, what you're hiding underneath is never too ugly for me. Take off your veil. I want to see your face. Take off your veil. I want to see that heart. Take off your veil. Let's begin with a restart. I want to make your heart my home. I love you. You can be fully known. Just take off your veil so I can see your heart. Wow. Take off that veil. You don't have to hide from me. I'm accepting and loving you see. I saw every piece and part of you. And I said to my father, I know what I have to do. I walked down Calvary. I hung on the cross to bleed. I saw you and knew what I had to do. I left the 99 to find you. And then I told you what to do. Look at the cross and believe that I love you and everything underneath. You are my child. I have called by name. There's no more guilt or shame. You can know me and love me as I love you. Take off that veil and let's dance and sing under the stars and moon. And so he just like started pouring that out of me. And it was just like, wow, like it, it just, and, and ever since then, like poems have been kind of the outlet where the, I feel like the Lord just speaks and provides yeah. peace, you know, like anytime I'm not with the Lord, it's chaotic and fuzzy and messy and dark, but like poetry and like sereneness, that's what I feel like um, the Lord has brought me. Um, and so, yeah, it, that all started kind of happening the same time. And then COVID hit and really hard for people who had a hard time with COVID. Uh, but that was a really restful time for me. Um, but yeah, I, um, moved to Savannah with my sister and then, um, it was moved to my sister like right during COVID, but then it was December 31st, 2021. Um, I kind of kept that chaotic lifestyle. I kept having OCD thoughts. I was just like disassociating a lot. And then, um, got really, really like, I knew December 31st, I would wake up that next morning and I would just not be okay. Like I just ran myself to the ground. Um, and so I woke up the next morning and my body was shaking. I had tremors and the thoughts were like never before, like they were cunning, they were demeaning. And, and I, I was petrified. Like I was like, I am scared. I feel crazy. I am crazy. I am so scared right now. And it's so hard because on the outside, like there's nothing to show for it. But like, I mean, my body was shaking a little bit. So had to quit the job I was in and go home. Um, but that time, like I did nothing. I literally slept for like three or four months. Mm -hmm. I slept on the couch, watched Zach and Cody did puzzles. Like I was just nothing. Like I was not doing anything. And although I didn't see it at the time, looking back, I was like, that was such a transforming thing for me because it was like, even then the Lord was like, you're the best human I've ever. Like, he's like, you're amazing, Emily. Like I love you so much. And I wasn't doing anything. I literally couldn't. I think that's what it took um, for me to realize like what love the Lord has for us, what grace and yeah just how he's obsessed with us and just I mean he's just 
just so obsessed with us. Um, and, and that was what I can look back and learn from at that time. Um, but yeah, and then, um, got like rested and, and moved away go two years ago. And, and I, I mean, I have just, I mean, that was just a crazy thing too. Like the Lord brought me here and then I got here and laid out everything in front of me, like a house, roommates, friends, a job, like everything. And the thing was, was that battles that I have like ran away from in the past. So like, you know, um, I mean, at that time, work was really hard. I had a remote job, which was comforting, but then I had to go back in person and the Lord's like, Nope, you're going again. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know what happened last time? Like that was a disaster. And he's like, Nope, you're doing it. (laughs) I was like, Oh gosh. He's like, no, we're doing it. And I think the 25th year of my life really marked like my redemption and fight season. And it was like, Emily, I can't redeem your life until you go back to those places that you felt defeat and find victory over it and fight with the spirit and believe that I can empower you and watch over you. And although it doesn't look like you're winning, like you are, and it just like victory, you know, but victory looks like you crying. Sometimes victory looks like you on your knees, like crying on the altar. And like, I remember crying so much this year, but like loving this year at the same time and being like those tears were my victory cries. Like those were my prayers to the Lord and he was collecting them. And he was like, we got this, like you, like these, I don't know. He just treasures, treasures that so much. So, um, yeah. And, and this year has just been so sweet too, of just, you know, reflecting on the seasons of my life and how much he shows up and how much, um, how far we've come and he's really become my best friend. Like that's how I see him as, as my best friend. And, um, I was angry though. I mean, like for so long, um, at, at the life he gave me like anger and hatred toward him. And I was like, how dare you do this to your daughter? Like you're a loving God. Like, how dare you do this? And, um, I mean, he just, he just, yeah, like came after me and showed me, um, that he is above everything and he loved so much. And, you know, I don't have answers for everything, but I've just come to a peace with everything and realizing how great, how great he is. But that is Emily. (laughs) That was amazing. Wow. No, I was just, I was just reflecting on one of the last things that you said and I love the way that God has shown up for you in every season because like even when you were in the midst of it you weren't like maybe realizing that he was there but there are so many times Mm -hmm. when you were like Jesus was there I just didn't know I could go to him or he really was holding my hand the whole time I just didn't realize it or um, even when, even when you were mad and frustrated and like, why would, why would this be my portion? Um, mm-hmm. he, he was chasing after you and I just love the way that he was showing up for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it's like in the books that I found, you know, it's in those 
peaceful summers that I had. It's like, sometimes we look for God in, you know, like just more spiritual ways, but he's here on earth. You know, he comes to earth. He shows up in his earth because he made the earth. And I think I was wanting something else, but you know, he kind of gave me a flashback, like, no, it was the books you were reading. It was that stranger that smiled at you. You know, he's like, that's where I saw you and found you. You Yeah. And I just, I love that idea too, because he knows the best way to show up for each person. And so, well, like, I think maybe I need a profound moment. He was like, actually, I'm trying to tell you that when you're (laughs) laying on the couch doing puzzles, I love you. Yeah. And it's not because you're doing a puzzle for me because I mean, (laughs) that's like not what we would consider (laughs) advancing the kingdom of God, but it's in a place of rest where you weren't performing, he came to you and was telling you and affirming you and lavishing his love on you mm. that it was the simple things that you needed. And it yes. was and it was the random earthly mundane things that you mm-hmm. I don't know, it feels like maybe you didn't realize it but but now in hindsight you're like, that is exactly where he showed up for me. That's so beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think people are like, so how do you know the voice of the Lord? And it's like, well, I followed the wrong voice for so long. Hey, and then like, because he's, he wants that. Like, why wouldn't I believe that? You know, and I, and there is like careful discernment, but I'm like, gosh, he's doing everything to capture our hearts. Like he wants that for us. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I also, I also thought that was really interesting when you were, you had that realization of, okay, <laughs> I've heard one thing, and then immediately after I hear this one thing, I hear another thought, and I realize that I'm always following the second thought. And then your realization of, like, well, that's not the voice of God, and I've been following the wrong voice, mm-hmm. I think that's the kindness of the Holy Spirit to, like, help you discern in that moment, like, Emily, you've been doing this, but actually I'm the first voice, like start following the first voice. And I feel like that probably like we're all still learning to hear the voice of God and we all hear him differently because he speaks to us in ways that we'll understand him, you know, but I would guess that that made it a lot simpler when you were having so (laughs) much battle and so much warfare in your thoughts specifically. And he was like, follow the first one. Like he gave you the cheat yes. code, you know? <laughs> he did. No, and I, and I'm like, I know that it's him because I, I went all the way to the end of the second voice and it brought death. And he says he's bringing yeah. life. So <laughs> it is John like, 10. there's just like this knowing to, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Like just even thinking of the, like, I'm imagining, imagining this picture in my mind of there's two pathways, like you were saying in that scripture, in wherever it is in Jeremiah, and when... Yeah, let me read it. Yeah, do you have it? Yeah, well, you say what you're going to say, and then I'll pull it up. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking, like, picturing the two pathways, like a fork in the road, and the first pathway is the first voice, and the second pathway is the second voice, and you kept following that second pathway, and you did get to the end, and I'm picturing, like, it's a cliff. It's a dead end. There's a sign that says danger. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere yep. else to go, and you're like, well, I tried this, and it's that at that moment, God was like, turn around, because this was not the path, ah, but the yes. first path yes. was, like, the one that led out of 
the wilderness, out of the desert, out of the dry, rocky places, you know, and I'm like just picturing him leading you into a into an oasis where it's like, oh, all of a sudden there's <coughs> green and beauty and life and running water and wildlife. Like that's just the picture in my brain. Yes, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Do you have the verse? Oasis has been a word that pops up for me, so mm-hmm. that's a good word right there. Um, it's Jeremiah six sixteen. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient past, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. That is, I mean, spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Rest, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just to clarify, you wrote that spoken word, right? Over 2 Corinthians? You wrote that? Yes. Okay, cool. I did. I was just double clarifying because that was amazing. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, as you were reading that Jeremiah 6 verse, I was also reminded of Isaiah 35, which is the mm. joy of the redeemed. And the first verse says, The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Um, and then a little bit, a little bit further down, it's in verse six. It says, "The lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in wow. the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow." Um, wow! And it's just talking about how only the redeemed of the Lord get to walk in in this mm. joy of the redeemed and this highway of holiness and Wow. It will be full of peace and that everyone, like the, the redeemed will enter Zion with singing, with everlasting mm-hmm. joy. Gladness and joy will overtake them. The sorrow and sighing will flee away. I was just reminded of that. Oh, that's so good. Scripture too, I feel like that connects. Yes. Uh, Isaiah, I swear there is, Isaiah is so profound. Um, when I was struggling with like, I mean, cause I've struggled with like, Lord, how do I know you love me? Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, whenever I heard about being saved, that really like, oh my goodness, like I didn't hear about that. And I'm 19 years old. Like, how don't I know? So I had like trust issues, honestly, with, sure. with my faith. Um, but I remember asking him over and over, like, Lord, how do I know? And I switched to Isaiah 43 and it's like, you're precious and honored and I love you. And him using just, I love you. It like wrecked me. I'm like, he's telling me that like, wow. And it just like brought me to tears. He's like, he says, I love you. And he's saying that over every one of his sons and daughters, um, you're precious and you're honored. And I love you. I think that is such a major key that we hear it from him. You know, like when like I can hear Mm -hmm. Lauren tell me that Jesus loves me all day long. I'm like, okay, thank you. I know. But it's like, not that I'm discounting that. But what I'm saying is there is a massive difference when we actually hear from God himself, like through his written word, through the Holy Spirit speaking to us in a moment however he wants to do it, I think that's what's really transformative is when we actually hear from him because even though we may have trust issues, he's the only one who's trustworthy 
because he's the most pure man, right? And so it's like, I don't know, we can can trust the words that come out of his mouth. So when it's coming from his mouth, it sounds different. And it, and it hits it's us. It's so, yes. Well, one word from him changes everything. And it's like so evident mm-hmm. all of scripture. Like one word, one announcement of who you are in Christ. Like it changes everything. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he's been bringing up like taste and see. And I think like yeah. that's also just something. It's like make your faith your own. Like figure out what Jesus means to you and how how he speaks to you like that's that's where the treasure lies um and yeah and he's like come on taste and see for yourself and he's really been bringing me to that psalm 34 like come to the table with me recline with me you know like I'm here waiting I've set this beautiful table up for you I've got the best wine the best bread the best and and I'm just he's just waiting you know um and, and waiting for us to Come and see, taste and see him. That's so good. That's that's that communion and that's that fellowship that we get to have with him that he yeah. wants to enjoy us and he wants us to mm. enjoy him. And that's so yes. relational of him. Um yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, like, as you're thinking back over this testimony of your life and kind of all the valleys and mountaintops that he's brought you through. What what would you say is an aspect of God that just in this moment he's highlighting to you about who he is? Mm. Yeah. Um, gracious. I mean, so gracious. Yeah. Like, when that word actually, I understood it, it's like he takes our life, like it's a movie, like, imagine your whole life playing out as a movie and he takes a blanket of grace and he just covers it. And he's like, I have you, like you could literally do nothing for me yet. I've got you, you know, as soon as you accept him, it's like, you, you don't have to do anything for me and you're, you're mine. I don't need you to be anything but mine. And, um, he's just so gracious. And I think that was, because I was, I was prideful. I was angry at him. I, I mean, he had to walk, knock a lot of balls down and he just graciously did so. Yes. so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> God is gracious. That is amazing. That's so good. I loved how you described just like the blanket of grace that it's, that, that's mm-hmm. like, it's gentle. You know what I mean? And he broke, mm-hmm. he broke all your walls down gently. And with all the blanket. obstacles yeah. with, a, with a blanket. Maybe it was weighted. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it was still gentle because he still laid it over you in graciousness. He's not going to come mm. and be a wrecking ball, you know, and just destroy <laughs> everything. It's just, it's his kindness. It's his love and gentleness that we get to see through his graciousness when he comes and meets yeah. us. That's yeah. so good. Oh yeah. Gosh. And I think graciousness and love definitely plays part there. Like he, yeah, like I said before, he's just obsessed with us and yeah. he's so just good. intricately made us and yeah, he wants us to accept it. <clears throat> he does. That's so good. As you, as you're like thinking about God being gracious and what he's done in your life, how would you say that 
this experience of all of your life and realizing the graciousness of God, how has that changed, like, how you interact with him now? Kind of that you're like, Mm. you've had this realization. He's revealed himself to you as gracious and loving and kind. And now how does that change how you interact with him? Like maybe That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just lay everything before him. Like I said, he's my best friend. Like, there's not one thing I hide from him. There's not one thing I'm trying to perform for him. Like, if I'm ticked off about something, I'm getting out my journal and I'm just writing it all out. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm like, or going to my Bible, like, he is a God who wants to speak and he's a God who wants to love and And I would say, yeah, I think that's a big part is, man, he created us the way that we are. And and I think another thing is I tried to run from my brain OCD, basically. And I think he's finally being like, Emily, I made you like that. Like I Mm -hmm. made you, maybe I didn't give you OCD. That wasn't, you know, my, my first plan, but he's like, even that. I can make beautiful. Like you think that's like the worst, like even that Emily, like, and I was kind of thinking about that today. He's like, Emily, like, I don't, you know, just, how did I word it? I was like, he plants a little tiny seed and then there's a blue, like a huge tree. He's like, I like to do crazy things, Emily. I want to take this life and this, what I've given you, like, like you said, Lexa, like your portion and you're just, you're going to look what I've done, Emily. Like, look what I've done in your life. And and I love that song. It's like, look what you've done. And I'm like, it's all him. Like, yeah. in the end, I'm like, yeah. it's all him. Um, and like, yeah, he's made me to, he's like, Emily, treat your brain like you would a child. Like, treat your, like, don't be angry at it. Don't, like, those thoughts are hard sometimes, but you're, like, treat it like a child and nurture it. And so I think it's this acceptance of where I'm at, what the Lord has given me, and then um, how he wants me to use my life and knowing that even in right dab in the middle of my hardest season, he's still using me and, and I can still make, he can still use beauty uh, or make beauty out of, out of those times too. So, cause he's that good. Is that good? Is that good. Well said. <laughs> I I love I love that you said that even that he he said even that I can make beautiful and like even mm. in the darkest things I'll show up and <laughs> I can make beauty out of ashes and I think we mm. we can see those things written in scripture but I think it's it just is wild and it changes our perception of him when we like see him do it you know what I mean and mm, and, and it's yes. like the, the ability that you gained from him revealing his love to you and him revealing himself as gracious to you you've gained the ability to be confident in him and like mm. trust him yes. like when you were saying I can lay anything before him and I don't have to hide anything from him like that is not where you were but it's where he's Mm-mm. brought you, you know, like just Absolutely. because because of a realization of who he really is and what he's really like. And I think that's amazing. I mean, only God can do uh, that. Mm-hmm. I have Definitely. a 
follow-up question. Go for it. Um, Emily, I'm just, like, picturing someone listening to this who's, like, it feels like they're in the same place you were a few years ago where they, like, they either feel like they don't know God or they're just in a season where they yeah. feel like they can't get off the ca- get off the couch or they're just, like, being tormented by their thoughts. What would yeah. you say to them? Like, if you could walk back and be talking to mm-hmm. them right now, like, what would you advise them to do? What would you say to them? Like, what hope would you give yeah. them? Oh, that's so good. Um, I think there's twofold. I think I want to give hope to the person and then maybe their friends or their family. Um, I think the person, it's like, he says, you know, you will walk through the fire. Like he said, you know, like it's, what does he say? I'll overcome it. What's that verse? Um, Take heart, I'll overcome it. John, take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah, like in this world, you will face trials like of many in kinds. In this world, I think yes. it's John 14. Yeah. So that one. Um, and then one thing I read, it was like what the Lord could do in his power, he withholds in his wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so although I wanted him to like show up in a mighty way and come like rescue me and not have me go through this go through whatever um he was doing something so big that I didn't know and I think it was like bringing me back even to Job and um you know Job got everything taken away and sometimes we just have to be like God I'm really upset at what's what my life is and what you're what I feel like you're doing um or what you're allowing but you're God and it says you're good and I'm going to take another step forward. Um, it's hard to, because the devil's going to use that as well. He's going to use your questioning. It's like, yeah, why would a good God do this? Why would, if he really loved you, would he really leave you in this state? And so it's just that constant battle too. But I think um, the friends and the family of that person, let them wrestle. Like, I think it's, you know, it's, letting them cry, like letting crying is so healing. It is like tears. Like I said, are the battle cries I feel. Um, and, and letting them have a space to say everything. Like, I felt like I was so scared to be like, I hate, you know, I, I hated God, but I really didn't. I hated the devil now that I know, but I, I was like, I don't know who to tell. Like, I feel like God is like horrible. And I wasn't, comfortable to tell people so even like creating a space where it's like hey like nothing scares me like nothing what what's on your mind and and share everything and um god wants the real real deal and so i think friends and family of people who are suffering or just questioning like wrestling isn't bad Mm -hmm. you know my wrestling allowed me to see him come up on top and let me see more of his character. And so I think giving space to wrestle and, um, and, and just being there too and letting them, you know, not feeding necessarily like, Hey, you know, let's just, you just got to pray it out. Let's pray through it. And, and that works, but sometimes it doesn't, it can be, um, discouraging if it's not working over and over. So, um, yeah, I think that would be the, the advice I would give for sure. That's wow. good. That's really good. 
God can handle our questions. He can handle yes. the wrestle. And it's so yes. vital that we create safe spaces for our friends mm. and family. And those are really important, too. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We are just about out of time for today. But, Emily, I wanted <laughs> to ask if you would be willing to pray for our listeners and just pray that Absolutely. they would experience God as gracious. Absolutely. Yes. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you come um, into the presence of anyone who's listening, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for showing up today and every day in our lives, Lord. I just pray that right now you just make it apparent what your grace and love means, Lord, to every listener, Lord. Whether that be in Waco, where I'm at, or in Aspen, where Alexa and Lauren are at, or across the nation, Lord, I just pray that you reach people's hearts right now as they're listening, Lord. And I just pray this is a podcast or a word that people have been praying for, Um, Lord, that you bring this to people who need to hear this, Lord, and know that they're not alone, Lord. Know that, yes, this world will bring troubles, but take heart, Lord. I just pray that... Um, if their story isn't good yet, that it's not over, Lord, that you give them hope and instill that, you know, take one more step, one more step, um, and that you redeem every part of every people's lives, Lord. And you want every single daughter and son to join your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I I thank you so much, um, for who you are, Lord. And I thank you for, um, podcast and Lord I just pray over it I pray for the people listening Lord and I just pray that uh, they they want uh, to make it their own they want to make their faith their own Lord and do everything they can to to do that so in Jesus name amen amen Emily thank you so much we are so honored that you would join us on the Torch Pairs podcast today we loved hosting you Um, And thanks for sharing your testimony. It's really powerful, and I think it's going to inspire hope for a lot of people. Um, And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We love hanging out with you every Friday, and we hope that you are encouraged that as children of God, you are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the extravagant blessings He has in store for you. Come back next week to learn more about the nature, character, and values of God. 